Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz and our good friend, David Locke. What's going on, David? Not much. How are you, Jake? Hey, man, I'm I'm terrific. It was a little cooler today. It was quite nice. I'm sure Park City is just lovely. It was. I actually went and uh, have not played very much golf. In fact, I played my first 18 since the 4th of July and my second since June 8th. So I actually got 18 in today. Look at you. How did you hit them pure? I actually, well, considering now, this is, tells you whether you golf or not. Like, you should know the answer to how I hit them. I have not played at all, been it, done anything to screw up my, so I played great today. Now, if I go out tomorrow, <laughs> I'll be awful, and then I'll be worse the next day because <laughs> I'll start true. thinking about it, right? <laughs> that is how it works, yeah, it at is. least for me. Um, David, the big jazz news of the day, of course, uh, Steve Starks, president of the jazz, promoted uh, to CEO of the Larry H. Miller Group of Companies. Don Sterling is going to be the interim president as uh, the search now begins uh, for a permanent uh, replacement for Steve. But your overall thoughts on the, the big structure news today? I mean, I think it's over my head to have any idea. I do know that Steve is just one of the really good people I've ever met. Um and uh, you know he we've all worked for Steve and so um i think the best way to characterize Steve is i think all of us have known the whole every time we've worked for him that um that we were that he was interested in us doing well and trying to give us an environment for us to perform at our at our highest level um that's all you can ask out of a boss um whether he you know being the CEO of the Larry H Miller Corporation and what that means is i mean that is a that's a that's a big time job. There's a lot to it. It's way above my head. Um, Don Sterling is just one of the all time favorites to anyone who's ever met them, uh, ever met him in their life. I pro- There's nobody who has ever met Don Sterling who has not left with some sort of super positive experience and felt uplifted and laughed and wanted to be around him again. Uh, I have I. I classify him as a mentor and a close friend um, and that is one of the things I'm most thankful in life and a gifted musician as well and songwriter he's, he's just every, he's just awesome right like every time you see Don Sterling you know more Don Sterling David uh, wanted to ask you how valuable is the experience for Donovan Mitchell to be involved in Team USA pretty mammoth I think it's great uh Talking to some trainers in the league, um, their feeling is it's very good for them, right? Like, you know, the the one thing guys really don't do a lot is run. Um, and so you want, you know, he's getting, he's run, he's getting a run in, he's really running and he's really playing. And I'm sure they're being careful with it, but he's, and then he's playing, he's going to be playing anyway. He's playing in a controlled environment against the best players. Um, I think it's great. Uh, and then the role of, you know, being part of USA and that, you know, that backcourt's still pretty good with, if I have it right, I'm so confused on who's on the team and who's not and when they're doing cuts. And I'm totally lost, frankly, with all the 
And uh, but if I have it right, you know, Kemba, Kyle Lowry, um, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan, and Marcus Smart are still all in that backcourt. So, um, you know, those are some those are pretty good players. I you know I don't know where Donovan fits into that. Uh, well, he'll be called. Uh, he'll be called upon for more, David, since uh, Marcus group. Smart was uh, injured and was will now sit for a while. Since what? I'm sorry. Marcus Smart was uh, what did he tweak, Jake? Uh, his calf. calf. His yeah. calf. And yeah, he's so. uh, not going to be with the team indefinitely. All right. So, I mean, I think Marcus Smart was probably the one who might get cut too. So that prop, those might be related. For all we know, um, you know, let the guy exit in a manner that doesn't make you think he's, you know, there's only 12 players on that team. So um, if they're, those are the four guards, probably, I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, Donovan, I think people have forgot, maybe have forgotten how great Donovan was post um, January 1st or whenever it was. I mean, somebody, I read some, and obviously our schedule got easier, but I, I, I mean, I read the ringer today called, you know, his underwhelming second season. Like what the beep did you want? Right. Like, so he his scoring average went up like twenty like three or four points. His three point shooting went up two or three points. Like what did you what what would have been the like regular whelming like what was it you wanted out of Donovan last year? His team won fifty games. Like I, I'm just a little you know that narrative is out there a little bit that year two is underwhelming. You know he didn't make a big jump, but players don't when when you average twenty points a game, twenty one points a game, four rebounds and four assists, and wow the league your rookie year you don't make a jump in year two. David Locke is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <clears throat> David, I want to uh, ask you a question that Gordon and I crunched on the other day a little bit. Um, in the offseason, it seems to me that the the Jazz have addressed a lot of problems that they had last year. You know, we've, we've talked about it a ton, you know, namely shooting and spacing and those sorts of things. While addressing those issues from last year, did they create others for next year? Sure, they don't have any shooting on the bench. That's uh, none. <laughs> well, no shooting. I mean, they had Kyle Korver, right? And Kyle Korver's being replaced by Don. You're, right now, your your guard backups are thirty percent career three point shooters. Hmm. Is that maybe why that I've heard rumors from uh, Tony Jones and others that that maybe Joe Ingles might move to the bench or have a little bit different role? Um. So I I have not heard that. Um. And I, I think I've read a lot of that. Um, I think people should be really careful with that one. I mean, Joe Ingles deserves the right to start if he'd like to, right? Like, he's kind of earned that, in my opinion. Um, and so, um, I, I, you know, it might be better for the team in some ways, but, like, Joe's going to have to be the one that says that that's all right. And I'm not totally convinced that he would, He's absolutely there. I haven't talked to him. I don't know. Um, you know, like Joe's been really important in his league and has a pretty decent name for himself. And, you know, don't for, like, oh, I don't, well, why does he care if he starts? You want to know why he cares if he starts? Because if you don't start, you can, you cannot play. It's almost impossible to play 30 minutes. Right? If you don't start... You don't play the first six minutes of the first and third quarter. So there's only now 36 minutes available for you for the entire night. And you're not playing. We don't want Joe Ingles playing 18 straight minutes. 
David, uh, I want to jump back to Donovan Mitchell for a second with his experience with Team USA. We all know, I know you you know as well as anyone, the brilliance of Quinn Snyder and how much Donovan has been able to learn from him. Is there value in hearing a different voice like Popovich? And how valuable is that? Can he learn from a coach, and for that matter, from other coaches and other players with, which, uh, with, with whom he'll be playing in this experience? What's the value there? I don't know. What do you think? I think just the variance of it might be helpful in some way because he might hear something from Pop that he hasn't heard from Quinn. I don't think Popovich is smarter than Quinn, but uh, just hearing it from a different corner could be useful in some way. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, um, I don't know the answer. I, it's a great question, tip of the hat, um, particularly in the sense that I just don't have any idea of the answer. Um, I mean, I guess it depends. You know, I mean, I just think sometimes uh, I, I've been in plenty of circumstances where I'm listening to a lot of people tell me about how so-and-so is like, a, you know, the great voice and leadership. It's just not true. So that's with players. So, um, but I would assume, you know, Pop's good. And, you know, for all we know, Kemba's great. Right? Kemba's a total world first-class star. Um, Kyle Lowry is gone through a whole heck of a lot for Tommy. Oh, there's a lot of people around. Hopefully they're all good. David, what um, in talking about Donovan taking the next step next year, I'm not convinced that, you know, that'll be all that obvious by the stats, right? I mean, you know, 24 points a game, is that really going to go up to 28, especially since they've added some some other weapons that can put the ball in the hoop? What is going to be your measuring stick for Donovan next year on his improvement? Oh, I mean, it's efficiency in shot selection. Uh, he took a huge amount of shots um, – in that floater zone, uh, which is, you know, before in the paint, but but not at the rim. And, and those are really low-efficiency shots. And then um, in Donovan's case particularly, um, they were not efficient. Um, so I, I think that that's really, you know, that would be the thing I'm looking at probably more than anything else is an evolution of his shot selection there. Um, last year, only Pascal... Do we lose David? David, you with us? Let's see if we can reconnect to David. Yeah, I think we lost him there. So, well, uh, what do you think, Gordon? How are you going to measure Donovan's improvement next year? I, I think more on a team level, and obviously, we all look at Donovan Mitchell and expect the spectacular from him. But the consistency, his ability to read and recognize situations and to, uh, to, to, so in other words, to help his teammates and watch him do things himself that, are, uh, that we've come to expect out of him. Which I, I think essentially is what uh, what David yeah. was was getting to. I, th- I thought uh, him talking about shot selection was interesting because the efficiency has always been a bit of an issue. Well, let's let's have David finish his thought. David's uh, back with us. David, please continue. So Donovan, the, those floater, and I, I think I cut off right when I was talking about the floater non mm-hmm. um, paint shots or paint non restricted area. So Donovan took the second most of anyone in the NBA, 569 of those last year. He shot 39.2 on those shots. The Of the top 20 players in the league, 
who took that shot. That's the lowest percentage. Of the top 30 players in the league who took that shot, he's the lowest percentage, including Andrew Wiggins. You have to go to Josh Jackson, who was 46th in the league in attempts to find someone who had a lower percentage than Donovan Mitchell on that shot. So one of two things. One, I think he's greatly got to reduce that shot because now there's other guys around. So if he keeps the dribble alive, Nash is out from underneath and moves the basketball, it's actually to a viable shooter. And and two, he must improve that shot. Like that's that's the other thing is that, you know, if you're not going to be able to get to the rim as much as you did in your first year in the league, that's not the shot that needs to be increased. Um, you need to find other ways to do it. And that's just evolute. That's the, how his game will evolve. But that's the primary area where he's got to get out of and, and, and get into other and do something differently with his game. Having more space on the floor, that should help, right? Well, you, you would think so. And I'm not necessarily um, on board with your premise that he averages less, that we can't see it. I think it might, be, it might turn out to be really obvious. I agree. I think he might average 27, 28 points a game. Wow. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, if, if, if we believe in the floor spacing is going to be better and that we're not, they're not going to want to leave guys, even though you've got someone like Mike Conley and you've got someone like Bogdanovich out there, um, you, you, still, uh, you still want Donovan making most of the plays. Like, Donovan's still the primary number one option. I don't want to be reducing possessions out of my number one option. Um, and then the second thing I would say to that is, you know, some of the guys that moved on weren't, that, weren't necessarily low-possession guys, right? Like, it wasn't like Jay Crowder was basketball. Those shots are all there to be had. Um, and so, you know, if, so Rubio took 11 shots a game. I, I would guess Mike Conley's going to take... 12, 13. Jay Crowder took 10 a game. So I would guess that Bogdanovich probably, and Favors took 18. I mean, took eight. So there's 18 shots available there. Like, I think those other guys are going to get shots. I don't necessarily know that Donovan's 19 is going to come way down off that number. Maybe it is. Maybe Donovan will be, you know, um, very deferential early on, and that number will come down. But particularly after the way he played for the second half of the season, I don't want that number to come down. David, earlier this week we had Justin Zanuck on for about 22, 23 minutes. And in spite of Jake asking leading questions in which he was trying to get Justin in trouble. Yeah, he, I did that. He did He did offer some pretty interesting information. I, the overall feel from uh, his uh, comments was that He's optimistic about what they've achieved here, and he's not boasting or bragging or predicting about anything. But I'm curious to hear your comments on that, because usually when you have time to think things through, you come up with all kinds of different impressions of what's taken place. And what what are you thinking about this group and what Justin, among others, was able to accomplish? So I love the shooting, um, and and I love the fact that they... You know, all reports were that they were zeroed in on Miritich, and then they pivoted and were willing to up the money to go get uh, Bogdanovich. I mean, that was the the money on Miritich was going to be considerably less than Bogdanovich. I'm super impressed um, that they made that kind of move. Uh, the second note that I would say, uh, I love I love the shooting that they have, obviously, and the fact that you know, 
we're all big fans of, of Rudy and Derek, and you just cannot comment enough about Derek's personality, particularly the fact he's holding a camp in Utah. Uh, but at the same time, the combination of Rudy and Derek, this is not a comment about either Rudy or Derek, but the combination of Rudy and Derek was the only big man combination in the NBA in which the guys could not shoot, not dribble, and not pass. Right? Mm-hmm. So we were playing just 12 minutes a night, brilliant defensive minutes, but 12 offensive minutes a night that, um, that, you know, we're really, I think, restricting the team. So for them to make those moves were great. And what it leads to, all of that comes back around to the single thing I'm most excited about the Jazz is the two players to me that are the key to the Utah Jazz season are Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I feel very comfortable on what I'm getting from virtually all other players, Dante and Moody, probably a little unknown, but I know what I'm getting from Conley. I know what I'm getting from Bogdanovich. I know what I'm getting from Ingles. I know exactly what I'm getting from Ed Davis. I know exactly what I'm going to get from Jeff Green. They're, they're adults. They're professionals. They're going to deliver. Is Donovan going to become more efficient? Is space going to help Donovan? Is, is having other guys going to shoot relieve Donovan? Is he going to be a different – is Donovan in year three suddenly this, this thing we're hearing out of, um, out of camp going on? I'm going to talk to Ben Golliver here in just a minute when we're done. That's my next conversation. Who's covering it right now to find out more um, and see, you know, is, is, Don, is, this, is Donovan going to just become an unreal beast in year three? Can Rudy – have as big a defensive impact without Derek Favors and for the, you know, be a third time defensive player of the year or candidate. Those, if those two things happen, then we're great. And if you have built a roster that is relying on your two best players to be great, you've done something really, really well. If we're going into the season relying on Emmanuel Moutier to be great, that's not fair to Emmanuel Moutier, and that's unlikely to be true. But if you're relying on Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, and that's the key to the whole thing, then you've built your roster right. David, as always, thank you for jumping on and giving us a few minutes. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Talk to you guys soon. See you, David. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. It's an interesting conversation. How will we see improvement in Donovan Mitchell this next season? But I agree with David. I think he is, you've said it many times, Jake, that of all the players on the Jazz roster, the one who who will benefit the most from the additions, it'll be Donovan Mitchell. I just am not so sure. I mean, making the leap from 24 to 28 points a game, that's a big leap. But, just, but think about it. Yeah, those guys that were here before, and David was saying this, they were jacking up shots, too. That's true, and he's right about that. They mm-hmm. were just missing too many of them. Really, that's only two more made shots, right? Right. No, that's true. Or two I mean, more trips to the free throw line. But just think about how worked up everybody got when Gordon Hayward went from averaging 17 points to averaging 18 and a half. Everybody, next stop, <laughs> All Star Game. Woo-hoo! You know, is he better than Paul George? Right. Yeah. Exactly. The efficiency will, you know, if he just makes one more shot a game, just out of that, uh, you know, I don't know. It'll be, and it gets to the free throw line. A couple more times. Because we know that the spacing that you mentioned will be available to him to take advantage of those circumstances in which he is one-on-one and he can take his defender to the hoop. Going to the line more would be a big deal. That would be the easiest way yeah, to, to, James Harden. Yeah, to get those numbers up. There's no Well, ask Carl Malone. 
he made a living at the line in the latter part of his Carl, uh, career. Carl's hunting up in Alaska or somewhere. Last time Austin tried to call him, he was hunting coyote or something, wasn't he? That's right. He had one in his sight. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.